Welcome to What the Hex, your source for Warhammer Underworlds and under 30 new bits of content to consume. Today, I'm your co-host, Phil, and with me, as always, is your other co-host, Davey. How are you doing? Good. A uh, little lost in the maze right now. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. There's there's just so much nether maze um, between the new box, reboxing, and a new warband. Yeah, we it's... Just have. Yeah, it's funny because uh, uh, Exile Dead are going to kind of in everybody's head be rolled in with uh nether maze just on the weird way they got released right yeah right i mean it's like they didn't they didn't make it into their actual quote-unquote season yeah if you want to consider nether maze a new season now um which we'll kind of see what happens with that yeah uh we know at this point we are not going to be rotating uh dire chasm yet Mm -hmm. so um whether this actually counts as its own season is sort of up in the air, but uh, it is a new core box, so theoretically it is. Yeah. Um, and some online rumblings have said that, like, yes, this was like classified as a new season. Yeah. Or whatever. I to some degree, it's all semantics, that. right? So <laughs> yeah. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> how do, how do you want to talk about a game? Um, you can divide it up however you want. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so we're coming at you shortly after pre-orders go up for all of this new stuff. Um, there's tons of new content out there, including ours. Um, if you want to go check out any of those, uh, there's there's so much right now. Um, I've listened to and read a few things here and there just to get mostly just to make sure that I'm not way off base on some of my <laughs> opinions on things. Um, but but yeah, so. Um, go check that out. Uh, today, we are continuing our coverage of the Nether Maze box. Um, if you haven't listened to it already, we recorded a quick take on just sort of the general contents of the box for the two new warbands um, and the boards and rules updates. Um, we did not cover yet the universals, though. So today, we are going to do that. The, the sort of truly universal card deck as it's uh, described in the box and then also the grand alliance card deck because those are also universals they're just slightly more restricted Mm -hmm. and even beyond the box we'll hit uh we'll as we already said lumped exiled dead exiled dead are are the uh addenda to uh nether maze here so correct getting kind of just slapped in there um but yeah so so we're you know since this is coming out so close together and there's so much to cover, we're just going to kind of dive in, um, no pun intended, and pretty much just uh, get right into the main topic. So so we're going to try and talk today uh, less of a like blow by blow, here's each card and what we think of each one, because that's pretty much what everybody does and how they write about these. And if if that's what you want, it's out there in spades. You can find it and read it and get uh, reviews of every single card. We're just going to try and cover some interesting themes that we seem to see here and maybe some things that we can expect to see going forward. Yeah. When we were talking about how we might want to cover this, I, I was trying to think about like, what, how, what would our take be? And, you know, what, what advantages can we bring? We, you know, as, as some of the um, favored few who uh, have, received a copy early and been able to kind of mull it over for a while um we kind of decided like let, let's let's talk about the sort of the themes that we've we've seen and like what are what are some of the things and which which one of those themes which of those themes do we think will be impactful and which do we think are are uh, maybe kind of side dressing sort of thing so yeah um, it uh like you were saying earlier, you know, or like we were saying it's it's all semantics so you may choose to group these cards in a different way uh you may uh, see some patterns there that we've overlooked or not agree with the patterns we've seen. Um, and if it's the case, then let us know. But uh, uh, some of these, I think, are, are generally agreed a quote-unquote big deal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think we'll probably start with one of those. Yeah. Uh, so so the sort of thing that's got a lot of people buzzing right now um, in a, the objectives is we've got these new hold objectives. Uh but what's 
what's sort of different about these, Davey? So these are surges, uh, which is the important piece uh, of what we're talking about. And this Indeed. is, um, if you want to bring up your deck builder of choice and take a look, uh, sudden revelation, ever downwards, shadow elimination. These are all some variation of uh, score after a power step. They're all one glory. Score after a power step if your warband flipped some number of feature tokens. Uh, they may have some different caveat. Uh, sudden revelation, I think, is the one you're going to see all over the place. And that is specifically... Yeah. Um, after a power step, if your warband flip two or more feature tokens, and that one, that one basically is hidden purpose, right? You you can do it by being on two feature tokens and delving both of them. Um, yeah. So hidden purpose, we saw all over the place. It was restricted uh, for a long time. Um, Ever downwards has uh, has two caveats. It's it's a delve three. Uh, or a leader delves in enemy territory and is now on an objective. And then shadow elimination is just one half of that flip one in enemy territory and it's held by a leader. Uh, so the, you know, the, the easiest thing to say is this is just hidden purpose again. Uh, and mm -hmm. it's generally true. Um, however, what's interesting is that uh, more war bands are fighting over the tokens now, right? Like we... Yep. We see people care about them because they're objectives or care about them because they're feature tokens or care about them because they are cover hexes. Uh, so there's theoretically even more competition for those. And you have incentive to be on them even if you don't score off them, although pretty much everybody's going to be scoring off them in some way with this uh, sudden revelation. Um, and the other thing I think is important is that this is oh so slightly slower than hidden purpose uh, because hidden purpose would score after an activation. Uh, yeah, this scoring after a power step uh, means that the glory you get from it can't be can't be used to affect the next activation. So if you do it in uh, your power step, you cannot apply a defensive upgrade to protect yourself during your opponent's activation. Conversely, doing it in your opponent's power step, you can't put on an offensive upgrade that they are not able to react to. So just that little bit slower, it, it'll be interesting to see how, uh, how big a difference that makes, but I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's insignificant. Yeah. And, and I think that while it's not necessarily guaranteed that this gives you the opportunity to react, there is, m I think more opportunity than there was for something like, um, hidden purpose mm -hmm. in that, if you have a distraction of some kind and you see somebody set up and they're like on two and it's in the middle of a round and for some reason they just start delving and you're like, well, <laughs> if you're not star blood, you have no reason to be doing that right now. So I'm going to guess yeah. that you're trying to score. Sure. And then, you know, I, I should be able to cue you in to be like, now is a good time to push somebody off of that, uh, of that feature token. Mm hmm. Um, still very hard to stop though. Yeah. Um, and you know, pushing back on, is very easy. Uh, yeah, like super generic, super simple. Um, I guess one thing that's interesting with these two is that, uh, the beast restriction, I, uh, is what I'll call it since that's sort of the new term, uh, as of Harrow Deep doesn't restrict this in any way like they keep sort of adding these restrictions to warbands to be like these fighters can't hold objectives to try and make it harder to score mm -hmm. but then they just took away all the score for holding objectives and put in <laughs> feature tokens which don't require holding at all right um so i don't know i don't know if that will also make a difference it kind of feels like it will what do you think uh you're talking about the the beast aspect here yeah yeah so the fact that like the warband restrictions for holding don't slow these down in any way. Yeah. So they don't slow down the surges. I think it's more of a big deal in the end phase where uh, there are there, and we'll see a little bit, there are objectives that care about holding or there are yeah, objective cards that care about holding objectives. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you are running a bunch of beasts, you are more limited in what you can partake in there. So I think that's maybe where the differentiation came, comes from. Um, my overall take on this uh, is a tentative plus. Like there were so many surge objectives that were oriented around uh, 
some kind of kill or some kind of offensive thing. Um, and I think the presence of this, even though any kind of warband is going to be interested in it, I think it gives some options for uh, warbands that might be attempting to, you know, stay in their territory or, or something like that, you know. Um, yeah. And there's some cost associated with it too, minimal, but like when you when you uh, flip your feature token into a, a non-cover, you know, like that there's going to be, mm-hmm. there's going to be some timing to figure out of um, how to do this and make sure that the, the hex is in the, in the face that you want it. Like, you know, and I was thinking of this specifically uh, from the perspective of the Shadeborn who are trying to get on these feature tokens. So this is attracted to them for that reason, because they're already going to try and be on there. But if you flip it into an objective, well, now it's not providing the defensive bonus you need. Um, so theoretically, say, okay, well, then I want to try to do it in my opponent's power step so that I can flip it back and have it defensively. But also you're interested in having it in a particular, you know, if you if you flip it into an objective, you're signaling to your opponent, like, I'm not going to use the shadow ambush ability, you know? Um, yep. So, um, so I think uh, I think there's going to be some timing things. Some warbands worrying a lot more about it than others. Um, so, oh yeah, very much so. I mean, I think like if you're playing Hrothgorn, for instance, you mm-hmm. probably don't really care. Flipping is something you were already doing passively, and you're just like, I don't know, I'm just going to do something <laughs> to get somebody on here to be able yeah. to delve, and I'll yeah. score some more passive glory. Uh, but if you know you're playing like Skaven and you need that defensive boost. Mm. You know, maybe maybe you don't want to just throw people on willy nilly and just flip. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, get ready to see it, folks, because it's coming. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, my main hope is that it it uh, it increases the range of possible um, strategies available. Um, yeah. That uh, uh, I don't know that it's enough. I was talking with Benny a little bit, who appears to be dabbling a little a little bit with the game, and he's still of the opinion that these horde war bands bleed too much glory uh, and their ceiling is not high enough to, to keep up. Um, but something, you know, some of these are, are perhaps more easily available or easily scorable by them. Um, so they, they might be able to get started faster than they would otherwise. Yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, it does feel like, um, you know, from what we saw at Adepticon, like this probably slots right into the crimson court and Mm. they're perfectly happy to just stand on two and flip. Yeah. I would have liked it in Miari's. Uh, yeah, right. You know. But I mean, conversely, Thorns and Spalco Guard, like this is basically just take one action, score a glory. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. So yeah, for sure, should be should be cool. Um, I I would like to see more of these. I think having, um, having more that are maybe more complex, but then also have more reward would also be cool to see. Mm. Um, I I think when you make them as simple as sudden revelation, it's kind of just like, Oh, this is a no brainer. It's something I'm doing anyway. It's super easy. I'm going to take it. Yeah. You start upping the reward, but making you have to work more for it. I mean, like ever downwards is actually fairly difficult. Um, That's just for one. Just for one. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's sort of where you start to see this weird balance where it's like, eh, I don't know if I would take ever downwards all the time because it's a lot of work or you're putting your leader at risk. Mm-hmm. Um, but you start to, you know, that's the space I'd like this to end up in where it's like, hey, if you've got a strategy that can work really well for holding these things, you can like make a lot of glory off of it, even if you have to work for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that opens up like a whole nother avenue for the game which is always what we like to see yeah we don't want to have a whole bunch of samey decks like it's boring right totally um so talking a little bit with ever downward we have this other group of sort of general objectives that we're kind of seeing where they seem to can yeah you know we saw a lot of these aggressive uh cards in harrow deep originally that are just saying like get in enemy territory sort of just wholesale it's like mm-hmm. push everybody in we're gonna go fight it's gonna be cool <laughs> <laughs> not always cool uh th- this set of cards seems to continue that but 
specifically putting your leader at risk. Mm. Um, and so Ever Downwards kind of has this where the sort of secondary condition is the leader delving in enemy territory on an objective. Yeah. Uh, you want to just run down what all these other ones are? There's a few of them. Yeah, I found a few objectives that kind of deal with that. So there's, uh, there is living on the edge, which is asking you to have a uh, leader who is vulnerable uh, in enemy territory, which really is living on the edge, right? <laughs> uh, that that one is is uh, particularly dangerous, uh, yeah. in, in my opinion. It does score to glory, which is attractive but man uh, scary especially since uh it's an end phase and you don't know how it's gonna wrap around yeah. on the other side yeah there's one where you have uh done even farther where a lost leader uh and this is too glory if your leader is <laughs> out of action but you have more glory than the enemy uh, <laughs> which is really funny i mean it's got an awesome quote on it too yeah uh, for two glory but um these are the kind of cards where i'm like what, is there a build where I just want to like, what leaders don't I care about? Like, is it yeah. our bag? Like who, you know, is it, uh, you know, uh, would I just bomb, uh, play a uh, God's Sworn hunt? Uh, <laughs> you know, Edra, go do work. Yeah. Edra's going to die. I can, I can about guarantee that you might as well get something for it. But the problem is like, you got to be ahead of things with her. Uh, yeah. I, I, uh, I tagged, uh, confident conjurer um or courageous conjurer i should say uh and mm -hmm. this is where you you cast a spell close to people or uh or you cast a spell while vulnerable and since so many warbands the only caster is the leader um i kind of put that in there like in in both those yeah. things that you're you're uh in the mix and then perhaps the most nifty is the into the fray and this is a destruction only one uh and this one, you need a, uh, your leader uh, has to be on an objective in enemy territory, which means they're in enemy territory. They've gotten rid of their cover bonus. And then they also have to be the two X's of one or more enemy fighters. That's relatively reasonable. And you can think of some leaders in destruction that would really like, you know, uh, enjoy that Molog being one. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. <laughs> Old Molog. Uh, but also like Ripa likes this. Uh, yep. I think even... Uh, Morgok, probably not too yeah, opposed. So I think it kind of just happens incidentally, really. Yeah. So I, I don't think, I mean, this, I don't think that this is overall a theme except for maybe destruction. Like maybe there's a destruction thing where you're like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm leaning into some of this, uh, put my leader at risk stuff. Uh, and, and almost entirely because that, uh, into the phrase, I think it's a pretty strong, you know, to glory end phase. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, if you're running um, unafraid, mm. you're kind of already doing half of this anyway. Yeah. So I, I think it would make sense. Um, yeah. And so like crushes, I think, would really like combining those two. Like that yeah. feels pretty solid for end phases. They both yeah. score for two. I'm going to give a side note to the art for Into the Fray. It's got Molag is looking <laughs> at an objective and there's there's two from the claw pack who are like, creeping up on him <laughs> and i just like thinking that they're like dude is this is are we doing this like is this <laughs> like uh yeah you, you first though that, that's cool right um yeah so, and uh yeah. on that objective there is a book <laughs> oh yeah a little callback <laughs> little, nod, little nod uh tomes there a little tomes uh, monolog well uh some depending on your uh, side of the table either mm. some very good times or some very bad times. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So I, as, as a overall, I don't know that this one's all that impactful in the way that uh, the delve surges are going to be uh, prevalent yeah. and, and shape the meta. But I was just an interesting sort of mini theme that we noticed. Yeah. And, and I mean, it doesn't even have to be impactful for it to continue mm. to push a trend. I mean, it's yeah. like, we, I think, can assume that we are going to continue to see things that reward you for being in enemy territory because they seem to want the game to drive towards being combat oriented. Even mm -hmm. if your main scoring isn't driven by kills, they still don't want to have the whole strategy for non aggro players to be sit back in the corner and hopefully not die. Um, 
And so I, I just have to think that like they keep adding this sort of stuff to be like something's going to stick here. And then once we know what it is that like gets people enticed into taking this stuff, we're going to do more of that. Because mm-hmm. um, it feels like until Harrow Deep, we didn't have a lot of this like push enemy territory stuff. Um, obviously, we had things like conquest, but that's yeah, that's different. <laughs> like old deeds or um you know, the, yeah. um, like, Ripa's you have your whole enemy, stuff, but, uh, cruel hunters, but it, it wasn't at this critical mass where multiple war bands were trying to do it by and large. Yeah. 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 Which, I mean, I think we can pretty safely say that the, uh, the, uh, invasion aggro meta is prevalent and being used in a lot of different war bands in a lot of different ways, which, I think shows that it is uh, both good and like a high percentage of the usable cards right now. Yeah. All right. Uh, So that's sort of our objective themes that we saw, or at least I didn't see any specific themes outside of that. Is there anything else that you noticed? Um, Not overall. There, there, I think there are a few things that, uh, we're talking about holding the end phase, like a, a couple more possibilities there, which bulk that out, but not enough necessarily to uh, call it a theme per se. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, I do think we're seeing a little bit more leaning into some of the like keyworded scoring things. We've got some like feeding fear references, domains. We've got maps which mm. we don't have very many maps yet. Well, but we have one, but let's talk about that real quick. So yeah. uh, maps, we, we have two cards of reference it, right? We have the detailed map fragment. Um, yep. And this has two things on it. One, when it's on, you could uh, use an action and help me out because I don't have it in front of me, but use an action that you mm-hmm. uh, get a spent glory and then your opponent can put an upgrade out for free. Or if you've collected up four map fragments as a reaction, you can dump them all and get two unspent glory. Um, yep. And that balance is pretty interesting. The action is just really expensive on the first, right? Like that. It is. Um, but late in the game, you getting spent glory versus your opponent. Like that. that's a late game helpful thing, right? Because uh, yeah. you, you can do that uh, and your opponent late in the game often has more unspent glory than they can use. Like once you're, once you're in the double digits of glory, you theoretically can't spend much more, uh, because Mm -hmm. you usually only have 10 upgrades in your deck. Um, that on its own, like those at first glance, and we don't know if the other map fragments will look similar or be identical or have different, you know, in, in the past it's been different things like in relics and tomes and lost pages. Each one has a different effect. So that's what I presume will happen. Um, but something like lucky find is an end phase. Does somebody have a map? Cool. Get one glory, not super powerful, but it capitalizes on that, uh, potentially passive build. So it's something to keep an eye on in my mind. It's certainly interesting. I, and I, I did some thinking about the detailed map fragment because I initially looked at it and was like, okay, this is nothing. You're not going to want to do this. That's too much. Um, but it's effectively a key that you can cash in when you need to. Mm-hmm. And people used to run keys quite a bit. That's a good um, way to think about it. The The one glory sort of makes a bigger difference than you'd think. Um, although, you know, the, you have to be careful. The giving out the, the upgrade thing is certainly could end up biting you. Um, but it, it was like, oh, okay. Well, when I started thinking about it that way, I just need to make sure that I time this right. And it's just like one free glory. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty solid. I, I actually was wondering if the, the four fragments cashed in is ever worth it. You're getting two, but you had to take, you know, so much time to actually stack them all up on one fighter. Yeah, I, I think it's a time of the game and how much action you have available for you. Yeah. Right. Because um, if. if I think that what I like is that it gives you an option like, oh man, my card draw was such that my first, you know, three or four objectives were maps. Okay, I've got them stacked up. 
uh, it's still early in the game. Ditching these now gets me more on glory, which let me put out some of my other stuff. Yeah, uh, which is important now, and it doesn't come at an action cost. Whereas the other option is a late game option, uh, where you know maybe we're all kind of wiped out. I've got one fighter, you've got one fighter, um, and uh, I, you know, like there's going to be, I, I can make one charge, and so maybe I can like. <laughs> stand there and read three maps and then charge or something, you know? Yeah. So I, I like that it has kind of two conditions where it's helpful. Um, and I think that having the objective means that there's more ways to score. It, we've kind of seen one or the other, like an objective, uh, ob- you know, sets that you collect and then score using an objective or sets that you collect and score using something that's on them. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not all that often, uh, something not all that often both although tomes had a little bit of both so yeah and i mean tomes ended up being a bit problematic but sure i think very very restricted (laughs) (laughs) yeah slowly over time but eventually we got there and it was like yeah yeah, you basically if you're gonna (laughs) this is too much yeah um so i'm I, i mean i always like the like here's this cool set of magical things and you just if you can stack them all at once on one fighter you get this really cool bonus like i like that thematically i feel like it's been hard to execute but uh, i'm glad they're taking another shot at it sure totally yeah it's fun and uh i think they're they're bracketing it in uh certainly there were some silent relics that uh were much more taken than others but uh i don't think we'd argue that silent relics were broken um, no, no, not and at all. As, as of this recording, none of them are restricted. So uh, I think they did a very good job. Silent, yeah. silent relics, I think, like having the bonuses tied to multiple pieces meant that you couldn't just play them out and have them be super powerful. And then there wasn't some like crazy score five for having all of them equipped or something yeah. weird that would skew the game. So yeah. they worked out very well. Um, and I did just check because I was curious and I couldn't remember the map from black powder uh does not have the map keyword unfortunately <laughs> so oh man <laughs> uh I, yeah i had sort of thought maybe um but no uh, and then there is the waterlogged map as well which is uh it's like a key you score in the third end phase but only if you're in enemy territory but that one is also not keyworded as a map so yeah why would it be uh so just because they're called maps doesn't mean that they work with this stuff so it'll only be these new ones coming forward yeah oh hey one more thought about this uh clearly there must be at least four right because there is a caveat for having four uh if you can imagine that there's going to be the same number of war bands uh like Mm -hmm. this being a half season we've already seen two of them that means we only got two more we've only seen one so far that would account for three they usually don't double them usually uh and so maybe you could uh guess that there will be a pack a uh, another uh rivals pack dropping to make to find that mm. fourth um that would be cool so i don't know if that's a little too you know, <laughs> reading the tea leaves sort of thing but uh it's possible yeah we shall see uh but something something cool to look forward to yeah uh something else that might be cool to look forward to is it appears although this is early days, but it appears that they are adding in some more support for wizards again. Yeah. Uh, I think I counted up if you, it, between these two sets, the, the, uh, exile dead and, uh, nether maze, there are six new gambits. Uh, one each is locked behind, uh, chaos and destruction grand Alliance. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, all those six, each of them are uh, a one one symbol cast. Either just need one channel or one focus, um, which is good. Basically, I mean, by and large, I don't think you ever see double channel or double focus. Certainly not double focus. Every once in a while, you see somebody will try to take a double channel. Uh, mm-hmm. unless we, have, we haven't seen innates be really part of the mix for quite a while. Um, so right off the bat, that makes these more playable. And I think the effects on all of them are uh, relatively relatively good like they they're certainly in the realm of like okay you know i, I would consider these um for inclusion yeah. in in a deck um and uh anytime that happens it's worth uh it's worth taking a look at um 
So it'd be uh, Abysoth's eruption, which is a pseudo, it, it is a ping. It's got some restrictions on it where you, it's a focus for damaging each fighter on a feature token that is not in enemy territory. So everyone mm-hmm. in neutral and yours. Yara's summon is like a drag. It can it can pull towards you a, a friendly or an enemy fighter that's within three. Murky Oblivion. This is actually really good. Uh, focus if cast each attack action as minus one dice if the target is in a cover hex. That's a universal thing. Um, so you're gonna you're gonna hit yourself with it as well, but it persists until the end of the round. So um, pretty crazy. Yeah, Quintox Bubble is just for a channel. Um, you can reduce damage on it. Uh, a, a fighter that you've picked and that fighter will also fly that one also persists until the fighters dealt damage and um and then uh spiteful channeling and, and shadow jaws are the ones that are behind grand alliances but those are uh, various flavors of ping um, so i think uh we were talking about this like the the extra gambit spells is handy there's some upgrades out there that uh affect uh casting there's a domain uh, I'm sorry, maybe it's not a domain. Vault's Mysterium, is that a domain? Do, do, do. Is it? I don't remember. Oh, it's a waypoint. There's Vault's Mysterium, mm-hmm. which is a waypoint, and that, that would be the uh, third waypoint we've seen, and that is a crazy one where plus one wizard level and any any crit means you uh, backlash, and backlash does even more damage. It's, it's pretty wild. Mm, uh, yeah. Anyway, so there's there's kind of a, a splash and enough for anyone who's interested in those caster decks, um, mm-hmm. which hello eyes, hello uh, uh, storms breakers, Fires, curse breakers, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that that that'll always get them looking. The big thing was that there wasn't really much objective wise that uh, that added in there. Yeah, uh, I think Zinch gets a little bit with arcane scheme, which is something about having gambit spells in their graveyard well so it's a hybrid you you're either three or more gambit spells in your power discard pile so it's just like hey if this is late enough in the game you just score this or if you have a zinch wizard holding an objective Mm -hmm. which i actually like that design a lot because early on it's another like we were talking about the an early effect or a late effect Yep. Uh, early on, you can usually afford to do some positioning where like, uh, let me give Vortimus onto an objective. That's helpful. Uh, and then late, you have, you're probably, you have more demands on your positioning uh, and you don't want to be as restricted, but late, you're much more likely to have thrown three gambit spells out. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's solid. Um, the fact that it pretty much only plays in eyes is not a good thing for how much use the card will get but um it's a good thing for eyes (laughs) it's good for eyes yeah eyes need all the help they can get i mean i I guess if if we could get into a world where the only way you could play really effective magic was if the zinch orband did it i would not be upset about that in any way Mm. um i mean it's it's thematic and it's like they are not powerful for anything else like they've got some tricks, but on the whole, they're a warband that was designed with a fairly low power level. So, you know, if they got a thing that nobody else could do, I think that would actually be pretty healthy. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, overall, we haven't seen magic really in the last, what, two seasons? Dire Chasm and Harrow Deep. Yeah, just a couple of corner cases. Hunting Bolt yeah. was nice for when quarries were around. And, yeah. You know, uh, Chameleon Skinks were three dice on guard. Like, well, okay, <laughs> I'll just smoke you with this. But but right. it was pretty corner case. So it'd be interesting to see if there's enough of these are good enough to to start seeing some play again. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, I guess the thing to watch out for that I always forget about is that the death warbands now have two very effective uh, wizards in the Crimson Court and in Kanan. Um, Kanan's only level one, but man, he is one heck of a wizard uh, in terms of just staying power. So like, yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know that you play like all out spells in death, but it certainly could happen. Um, be interesting to see. 
uh, I'd want someone to try it. I don't think I want to be that person, but if somebody yeah. else has tried it, let me know. <laughs> well, I mean, just having the wizard keyword can sometimes unlock stuff for you. Like there was a, oh, yeah. a lost yeah, pages, Canaan yeah. build, uh, which only existed because Canaan was a wizard and he, he might not even cast all that much. It's just that he knew how to, uh, hold a book that had spells in it and that made yep. him able to, um, attempt that build. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of new potential avenues. We'll see what happens. Mm. Um, but for now, I think we can leave that there. Um, if you've got any other, th- if anybody else has any thoughts on magic and casters, and if anybody has a cool casting build, let us know because that is something that I haven't seen in a while and I would like to see more of. Yeah. I even just doing this, ep, I thought there was enough here that I was like, I think I want to go take another look at eyes. I, <laughs> I converted yeah. up that war band just in time to kind of stop playing them for a while. So it'd be nice to yeah, play with my out. conversions. I would like to see them. So yeah. try that. Uh, sort of the last of these, um, I guess we could lump these all together as sort of like new or continued patterns in objectives, we have some more hold end phase cards. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of them being pretty solid um, or at least notable in the sense that like they're, they're not just immediately going to be ignored. Um, You want to run through what those are quick? Uh, So just a, just a handful. And I, these, these kind of, I flagged them more because they kind of continued some existing themes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's extraordinary revelation, uh, which, which man, Bordemus is really feeling it yeah. on this one. <laughs> his, his eye is bleeding theoretically. I don't know what's happening uh, there. Yeah. It doesn't look I great. It doesn't look healthy. It's like shadowy goop stuff. I think Yeah, it's all black, um, but either way. But three glory, so heads up. Um, scored in an phase of two or more friendly fighters are each holding an objective in enemy territory. Uh, that's a big score. Um, and this is more is. invading, but it's invading hold. Um, so uh, getting isn't, on stuff and holding it. Isn't there already one like, what is it, treasure? Treasure hunters, yeah. Treasure hunters. Yeah. Um, so you can lean into that. And then, of course, there is making a statement, which is hold all. Yep. Um, yeah. So... If you have a way to get into enemy territory and really camp there, like I'm sure if Requisin was running his Skaven even more, um, this, man, this looks something that that deck uh, from Adepticon would really love to have uh, the ability to, yeah. you know, potentially um, pop off three glory on this. That would um, be very interesting. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, Gifts of the Gods is... Uh, it's a hybrid one and it is obviously as you might be able to tell from the name restricted to chaos, uh, war bands. Um, mm-hmm. and this is, uh, it's only one glory, but it is uh, a hold too. So it might factor into some of those, uh, passive, uh, dread pageant builds that are, I'm going to try to hold two slash hold more. Uh, and that was another thing is three or more friendly fighters each have one or more upgrades. So, um, a, a secondary caveat. So not, not busted, but, yeah but there and then um masters of the abyss uh was let's see this is one for scoring in an end phase if three or more friendly fighters are in cover hexes Mm. but after you score this and this is for two after you score it uh well you pick an opponent so more often (laughs) than not you're one opponent then gets to choose to deal one damage to one fighter from your warband that is in a cover hex. Mm. So really simple to score because it's just cover hexes and it's for two, but you guarantee they're going to take a damage for scoring this. Yeah. And we bring up simple to score, not, uh, you know, because you, you say, well, I'm standing on three feature tokens. Like, why am I not just taking supremacy? Well, all of a sudden uh, standing on that double-sided gloom, uh, is yeah. valid here so there's more landing spots for this yeah um, up to seven yeah and then maybe even more because the ones that are printed on boards also count as cover or are they uh, just they count as cover but they're not a feature token so okay yeah yeah but this this specifically says are in cover hex 
Oops. Yeah. All right. There you so, go. Like so it counts. Printed. Um, if you have darkening stone, um, you'll, you'll yeah. count it too. So. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, if you're okay with losing that one life, that seems like a nice way to pick up two. And yeah. there's plenty of warbands right now that like to hide in cover. So. And this is not the first one of these we've seen. We've seen Lurking Death, um, which is a uh, uh, death-only objective, which is mm-hmm. uh, have that's have one in enemy and have one in friendly, and or have have two, but have at least one in enemy, and then uh, your opponent can choose to damage somebody. Um, that's pretty cool too. Yeah, uh, and I, you know, I think about that where obviously if you tried to score two of these at once, then your enemy your opponent gets to kill somebody right off the bat. Uh, Grimwatch maybe doesn't care. Like maybe they're like, okay, sure. Kill one of my two health fighters. Uh, now I'll get to yeah. cool call them back. Like you get a glory, but uh, you know, I scored four and I'm going to bring this person back for free. Um, and maybe yeah. you can find a way to synergize it with some of like the vulnerable things, like a vulnerable fighter with a bunch of upgrades. I don't know. Like there's, there's yeah, there's room definitely, to explore. there's some play there. And I, I mean, immediately when I was, just thinking about it right now it's like well any warband that can revive fighters doesn't really care about taking the one damage as long as the targets are all your fighters that can be revived Mm. so even like skaven probably don't care because they're like oh my hungering skaven takes one damage oh no yeah (laughs) yeah exactly it's (laughs) it's inconsequential like they were if they got hit by pretty much anything they were dead anyway so yeah um it should be interesting. I now I do like that they're adding some like so you know you can continue to make objectives harder and harder to score, or you can continue to have easier to score objectives that then have some other downside. And I yeah. like that they're starting to explore that. Yeah, it's a cool experiment. Now I'll say uh, the only way this could backfire, um, where you say like, well, this guy was going to get one shot anyway, is if I don't know there was ping in the game. Damage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there there might there might be some of that. Um but but you know, they wouldn't they wouldn't add a lot of ping back into the game, would they? Or would they? <laughs> uh, I tried finding and this is don't consider this a conclusive list, but uh this is just within these two sets, uh what I was I found suffocating mist, tainted waters, creaking ceiling, barging forward, abyssos eruption, spiteful channeling, cursed shadows, shadow coil, as all cards that did some uh some nature of ping, and that is only looking at the universal and grand alliance cards. There are those that yeah. are uh, within uh, particular factions like the the Shadeborn have one and the Exiled Dead have one. Uh, that is uh, potentially a sea change, you know. Yeah, um, um, I I always liked ping. I never used a lot of it. Um, just I think because of the warbands I was playing. Yeah, but I I like I like having a little bit of damage get put out rather than having one shot kills for every single attack in the game Mm -hmm. Um, because it it gives you that opportunity to play around damage more. Yeah. Um, Vulnerable becomes a state that's maybe just incidental to the game. (laughs) It just just happens more, but it's also really scary because you're like, man, if they're just holding a ping card, I could just be dead. Yeah. But a lot of the time right now, vulnerable just never comes up because it's like well i hit you for five and you're dead and it's like okay seems fine um so the fact that they keep printing vulnerable means that they're probably wanting to support that state more and i think ping makes that happen like any two wound fighter they're just like well i'll put a damage on them just to set something else up yeah okay now they're vulnerable um, here's something that I think is worth considering about ping damage now as well is that, uh, in, uh, and not that people take a ton of healing, but in, in previous seasons where you would be the first one to go after your power step and by previous, I mean stuff predating Harrow deep. Um, now when, if I take an action and I successfully land a hit and I mm-hmm. put somebody, I make somebody vulnerable, in uh, prior to Harrow Deep, you could say, well, I got a ping damage. I'm just going to finish this person off um, right now. Um, 
now whether you have healing or a lot of these pings are positional right like they only Mm -hmm. get you if you're in a shadow so you you there's a chance for the person who's going to get pinged to respond and i love that so you can say like "Uh oh i'm vulnerable i'm going to heal or oh crap i am vulnerable and i'm in a cover hex i'm worried about one of the pings that gets me there i'm going to step out of it with a sidestep or whatever the case may be um and so the fact that there is uh, counterplay, um, however limited and how it, it may or may not be, uh, I think that's good for the game. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I like that. Like, I think pink damage when there's not a chance to respond after a, uh, an activation was maybe. Yeah, it was basically like a twist the knife, no matter yeah. what the card was. Right, right, was right, like, right. Totally. We're going to increase so. the damage of this attack by one yeah. um, effectively. Yeah. So, so I also like that, and and I think having healing uh, in the game is more relevant when you have ping damage. So I like that too. Mm-hmm. One thing that's still confused, and it, it's entirely separate from this, but it's something that I've seen on more cards recently of like having you know heal two or something. Can so say you got your fighter pinged, but you had a card that was heal two. You can't use the heal two effect to heal one wound counter can you oh man um you actually can so i think in the latest uh faq oh it's uh, in the faq you have to be able to heal but you don't have to be able to heal every one of those man there there you go the faq that i can never (laughs) keep straight in my head i will have to pull that back up again actually i bet i can just pull it up right now very quickly uh, and it, yeah. oh, gosh, it might even be in the rule book. Like if you can't heal all of it, then just heal whatever is remaining. But I think, I think the, I think the, um, break point is if you can't heal, you can't play it, but as long as you can right. heal some, you can play it. So, so thinking about, uh, the ping damage and having additional, you know, ways to deal damage outside of attacks, uh, creaking ceiling is this really really interesting new card um now of course i'm probably not gonna have it right in front of me here because of course why wouldn't i i don't want to get the wording wrong on this because it's fairly uh important um so this is a domain um so like many of the other domains or all of the other domains i guess they they persist until the end of the round but if another domain is played, it will cancel the original one out. And for this one, each time a fighter is driven back into an edge hex or hex adjacent to a blocked hex, you deal one damage to that fighter. So the normal scenario for this will be that you play this, hit somebody, drive them back into a wall, and they take a damage. Great. That's cool. I like that. It's thematic. Uh, and it's a nice way to just add some additional damage. The flip side and something that we've talked about a little bit with knockback um, is that it says each time a fighter is driven back into an edge hex or a hex adjacent to a blocked hex. So if you have a fighter with knockback and this is in play and you drive somebody back through, say, three hexes that are all adjacent (laughs) to blocked hex, that fighter's taking three separate instances of one damage. Yeah uh that's pretty nutty yeah Um, there's some crazy plays that can happen with this yeah they're like i don't even want to think about the snark uh deck (laughs) that is like hey i'm playing with a bunch of block texas and (laughs) but a a snark is not a drive back it's a push right yes so never mind (laughs) that would have been really scary i was for some reason i thought he drove you back but no you're probably yeah. right i think he just does a push but like i don't know i i kind of like this world where it's like hey if you build around it suddenly knockback is pretty important like even if you mm-hmm. just got one damage this is still useful and if that meant that you had to drive somebody back two or three hexes to get the one damage like still worthwhile absolutely um and if you can line this up to get two or three damage from your drive back, like you, yeah. your knockback attack that only does one or two damage is suddenly super scary. Yeah. Um, admittedly, it's only one round of the game. So 
it, you know, it's probably not like game changing or game breaking, but it's certainly something to watch out for. Um, and I'd said design space that I think is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, uh, I think it's a cool way of setting up ping and it's also universal. So it's going both ways. So there's other considerations there. Um, mm-hmm. but it, this is a powerful enough effect that it can, depending on how popular this card is, it can affect board choices like, Oh man, less, yeah. less block taxes in my board, please. Because I don't want to deal <laughs> with the possibility of this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think those were our overall themes. I, the only other one, and there's almost too much to talk about here. Uh, and it's, a, it's a, a continuing theme. So we're not going to break down these cards, but, um, was the, uh, pros and cons for being in cover. There's a ton oh, yeah. of things that penalize you, penalize your opponent for being in cover or give you an advantage for being in cover. And that's going to create this big push pull, uh, which puts even more pressure on getting on feature hexes, uh, which is, I, th- I think it's overall been good for the game. Like I like that everyone's fighting over those and competing for those. And, um, it's, it's got, uh, all kinds of cascading consequences of gameplay, but I think it's, I, I personally like it quite a lot. So yeah, I I agree. I think overall it, it's definitely a positive. I think it's moved the game into a healthier space. Um, I do I do lament a little bit that it's now much harder to play around objectives, like purely. Mm. Um, but it's still not impossible by any means. And mm-hmm. even warbands that need them very badly, like Starblood, you can still do it. Um, it's not it's not that hard. Um, but, but certain cards <laughs> specifically from dire chasm are almost unplayable now because the <laughs> hexes don't start as objectives anymore. Right. So it's right, like right. move an objective. Well, yeah. there's none on the board, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's good. Um, we'll, we'll see sort of what wins out. Um, I do like right now the balance between pros and cons seems to be pretty solid Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of benefits and a lot of negatives um Mm -hmm. and i think that that is definitely something that was missing with the hunter quarry mechanic i feel like they really wanted there to be this sort of push pull of like oh man it could be bad to be a quarry and then it was just not and it's like well yeah uh, of course i'm gonna take quarry stuff it's all positive (laughs) Like there's no downside at all. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if we end up with a skew towards the end of the season. But right now it feels like there's not any threat of that, which is great because it really felt weird um, to end up being like, it's better to be a quarry than a hunter. Yeah. 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 Uh, any, any other sort of, I mean, I know we've got a lot of pros and cons, but if there's any other <laughs> specific, uh, examples you think deserve some talking about or if there's any just other like random cards that you think we should discuss before we wrap up today uh no nothing specific i just like that uh there's a lot of competition for them i think there's going to be a lot of high level play which will involve the timing of when do i flip uh this person has flipped this at this time like what does that mean is it a bluff does it mean this uh are they trying to block a thing that i have you know, I, I like that there's a potential for that. Uh, and I have not played enough to, to be able to, to look into that, um, to see how yeah. that plays out yet. But I, I think there's, uh, I think there's a lot of possibilities there and I'm, I'm excited for it. Definitely. I very much agree. All right. So that is a very quick rundown of some of the new universals, some thoughts of what's going on here as a whole. Um, Like we said before, if you're really, we're hoping for a more in-depth coverage and you want like specific breakdowns of each individual card, uh, you can go find that in lots of other places. Lots of friends out there in the content creator universe have all of that stuff available for you. Um, And so if that's what you need, go find those. Um, if you have some thoughts about any of these themes that we talked about, or if you think that there are any themes that we missed or, and you think we should be aware of, let us know. Uh, you can reach us at WTHCast on Twitter or whatthehexcast at gmail.com. 
if you are interested in any other uh, just topics in the greater Age of Sigmar universe, you can head on over to themortalrealms.com. All of our other podcasts uh, have all their content posted there, and you can check out all sorts of different things um, from Age of Sigmar stories to Warcry to uh, Path to Glory, um, anything Age of Sigmar that's uh, you know that you're interested in, you can find it there. Uh, coming up next, I think we are probably leaning towards trying to do something with the exiled dead. Uh, I think maybe a bat rep, uh, mm. if that, if, I mean, there's some scheduling, you know, problems with trying to do bat reps. So, uh, we know we want to do that, mm-hmm. but whether that exactly comes next or soon is yet to be determined. But, um, we also have like a number of these sort of cards we didn't really know it's sort of like hey this seems like a weird outlier like this seems like almost like a a one-off design choice that seems interesting um and i know davy you had some thoughts about just that as a general topic anything you want to let listeners know about yeah i think it'd be really fun uh topic to cover like what are what are some weird outlier cards uh and and this i'm even thinking like almost the prototype for this is is uh confusion which is not that weird a card but it's a card that doesn't get included in a lot of decks but it's like in the right deck in the right situation it is really powerful um and i i felt like going through the the new universals there were a number of cards that fit that and so i think we're going to come up with a list of that i'd love if you are listening um send us in what you think is a weird outlier card that you think is actually like a you know, if you want to say underrated or, or overlooked, uh, send me your weird overlooked outlier cards. Um, you can, you can hit us at the contacts we mentioned our, our Twitter or email, um, and say why, why you think it's, uh, fitting this category and, uh, we'll include your discussion in our episode. Um, uh, we're turning some episodes kind of fast to trying to, uh, cover all the deluge of content. So uh, we'll give it a few weeks to kind of collect up some of that information, but uh, hit us with your stuff. Yeah. And I suppose, well, I didn't mention it before. Uh, if if you want to just more directly talk with us or more informally, I suppose as well, uh, you can feel free to join up in the Mortal Realms Discord. We have a sub channel there specifically for Underworlds. Um, and it's just pretty good place to just hang out and talk games so yeah uh, that is another avenue to reach us at but that's just gonna do it for this episode uh you got a recommended listening for folks today so i have two things for you one i haven't put in here it's our, our new segment where I, uh, it's the uh oh yeah dig, digging harrow deeply into the lore oh uh, yes all right so phil i'm coming at yeah. you with a quote a <laughs> listener play along at home uh I have a quote from this. Every fighter will meet their match in Harrow Deep at some point. Mm. Equal contest? You are, I, I, you're saying the right words, just in the wrong order. <laughs> oh, yeah. Contest of equals. Yeah, <laughs> you yep, got yep, there. Yep, nice I always work. get those, right. yeah, yeah. I get those backwards because yeah. there's unequal contest and contest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that one because it was a uh, it was thematic, but you could uh, conclude where it was. Well done. Hope you got it too, listener. Uh, you recommended listening for this episode is "The Room It Was." It's by Cloud Nothings, and it's from the Shadow I Remember. Uh, in a salute to all the shadows down here in the Nether Maze. Mm-hmm. Very nice. For what the hex? I've been Phil, and I've been Davy. seems to be working yep. i guess we'll just have to keep an eye on that i'm gonna start <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right cool 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 everything's okay fine. good still gotta choose a warband <laughs> <laughs> yeah
Uh, I, I just brought up my reavers earlier today and did some test draws. I'm like, Oh man, this is going to be rough. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought about, uh, I was like, is this, is this the one where like, just for funsies, I bring, uh, corns chosen or chosen to corn or whatever, Ooh, whatever the ridiculous yes. one is. I was like, I kind of, I kind of really want to. And I was like, man, the, it might be a case where like the only person I scored against is like somebody who's really new and they're like, Oh yeah. Like I, when we fought so close, but I'm way in the lead and I'll be like, yeah, but I have Arnold for life. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll get six don't, more glory. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Um, to snatch your dreams. I was thinking yeah. the same thing with Magors, but mm. playing the the one for eight that has yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just Magor. So ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I may or may not include that in there, uh, but uh, uh, we're coming at you um, just a few days after the um, pre-release uh, or the pre-orders went up. Um, for the new three release, jump in for a sec. Do you want to do the intros? Oh yeah, man. All right. (laughs) From the top. From the top.